Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post um, Bible or devotional podcast. For those of you that have been following along, we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be taking a look at chapter 7, verses 10 to 16 once again. And I'm just going to go ahead and, as is my custom, jump right into the text. If any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. If an unbeliever departs, let him depart, but a brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Contemporary evangelical understanding of sanctification often emphasizes the process of spiritual growth and transformation that occurs within the life of a believer after accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, this process is seen as the Holy Spirit's work progressively transforming the believer into the image of Christ. It's, a, it's presented as a spiritual, um, I sorry, rather, it's presented as an individual and personal experience alone. It involves moral and spiritual purification, growth and holiness, and a deepening relationship with, with God. However, in this passage, the term sanctification appears to have a different usage than the contemporary evangelical understanding of ongoing personal sanctification. Here, Paul suggests that the presence of a believing spouse can have a sanctifying influence on the unbelieving spouse. While the unbelieving spouse may not share the same faith, their proximity to the believer and exposure to the faith may positively impact them. Once again, the, the apostle underscores the importance of preserving the family unit, even in cases with differing beliefs. And this is consistent with the biblical emphasis on the sanctity of marriage and, and the family. Paul argues that believing parents benefit the children by imparting a sense of sanctification. This suggests that a stable God-fearing environment positively influences the spiritual development of the children. Well, in the Old Testament, the concept of sanctification where the believing, the believing spouse sanctifies the unbelieving um, spouse and their children echoes the idea of God's conventional blessings extended to the community. So, for instance, in the Old Testament, the blessings and sanctification of one individual often had implications for the broader covenant community. And that, and of course, emphasizing the interconnectedness and communal aspect of God's covenant relationship. As emphasized in Genesis and re referenced by Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, the idea of two becoming one flesh aligns with the Old Testament understanding of marital oneness within the covenant. The preservation of this one oneness, even where there are differences in faith, can be seen as an extension of God's desire for unity and harmony within the covenant relationship. While 1 Corinthians 7 doesn't explicitly delve into the theological intricacies of covenant theology, understanding the broader and biblical themes and theological frameworks, including covenant relationships, can provide a richer context for interpreting and applying this passage. 
It underscores the significance of marriage within the covenantal understanding of God's relationship with his people. In ancient times, especially during the first century, when the head of a household embraced a new faith, the entire family was often influenced to follow suit. That era's culture and societal norms, including both Jewish and Roman societies, strongly impacted the household conversions. Families back then were typically patriarchal, rather, giving the household head substantial authority, including matters of faith. It was expected for the family to adhere to the beliefs of the head of the household to maintain unity and avoid conflicts within uh, given, <coughs> sorry, avoid conflicts given the high value placed on, on family harmony. Religious practices in ancient time revolved around household rituals where household heads had a central role. Consequently, the conversion of household, the household head naturally brought about changes to the family's religious practice and, and beliefs. Being a respected and trusted figure within the family, the converted household head had a significant influence in persuading and encouraging other family members to adopt the newfound faith. This dynamic is evident in the book of Acts, where we see entire households embracing a new faith due to the influence and the preaching of one family member. Here are a couple of examples. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded them. And that's in Acts chapter 16. Actually, all these passages can be found in between Acts 16 and Acts chapter 18. Here's another passage, this is in 1631. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour uh, of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them to his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed God with all his household. And then the last one I'm going to reference will be found in Acts 18, where it says, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his heart, uh, uh, with, uh, believed in the Lord, rather, with all of his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. And again, that's found in Acts 18, verse 8. Okay, application. The, pa the passage urges us to see our families as agents of spiritual growth. A believing spouse can positively impact an unbelieving partner. Based on the instruction and insights gained from this passage, Contemporary believers should foster harmony amid different, differing beliefs. This entails respecting various perspectives and fostering love and understanding. Paul's point about believing, believing parents benefiting their children underscores the profound influence parents have on their children's faith. In today's relationships, it advocates deeper understanding of, mar mar of, ma of, the, of a marriage's spiritual aspect, binding well, the well-being of the partners and the family. The examples in Acts emphasize a household leader's potential to spread the gospel. They should prompt believers to actively share their faith, understanding that one's person's faith can transform whole households. These lessons inspire us to stay open to spiritual change within our family, praying for transformation and recognizing our impact on our loved ones' spiritual journey. Applying these insights helps believers spiritually strengthen their families and appreciate their influence on their family's faith.